podcast. This week, hide any sharp objects you may have with you uh, <laughs> if you watch this uh, this movie. Um, you know, on this show, we strive to watch either remarkably good movies or remarkably bad movies. And this definitely falls into the category of the latter. Uh, this week, we are watching the 2006 movie, High School Musical. You know, Cody, there are a lot of people that really enjoy this movie. It was a very popular movie back in its day. It was. It was. And uh, we should just say real quick, we're trying to be uh, on theme with the season, with the, the whole back-to-school thing. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why we're watching this movie right now. Um, so is this the first time you had seen this movie? It is the first time that I'd seen this movie. Um, same here. Mm-hmm. I remember it being very popular back in 2006 when it came out. Oh, it was yeah. everywhere. And I remember being at the music store and seeing uh, you could buy sheet music from the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anyone would want to do that. I, um, I just... it's Yeah, I remember this being popular. It was the only thing that you could like find, it seemed like. It was, it was just ubiquitous for a while. And I never mm. actually saw it, so uh, it was kind of an interesting experience to go back and see what all the the hype was about. Yeah, it was an experience. Um, we open up with uh, four by th- I think it's four by three format, which is almost square, um, mm-hmm. which is a very, very kind of antiquated um, uh, ratio. It's a for those who don't know, know, usually movies are shot in a little bit wider format. Yeah. Um, for more, you know, more of a widescreen look. But this was shot almost, you know, it looks almost square. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems very unprofessional. I'm going to pretend um, like I noticed that, but I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a photographer, I notice these sorts of things. Um, a lot of your older movies were shot in, like, almost square, but then... They went to the more widescreen format because that it was a gimmick back in the day um, when people's home home TV sets first started coming out. They started shooting in wider formats because they're like, "Well, you can't get this wide format uh, at home, so you had to come to the theater to watch the movies." Ah, I see. And thus, the uh, I think it's sixteen by nine is what a standard widescreen movie is shot in now. Hmm. Didn't know that. I learned something today. Anyway. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Um, we open up in, I don't know, some snowy place somewhere where there was supposed to have been skiing and snowboarding that happened. Yep. We don't get to see uh, any of that, though. Nope. We get introduced to some of our main characters. Uh, the two main main characters are uh, at some youth party yeah at unclear somewhere <laughs> yeah it's uh, unclear um it's just i don't know some youth gathering and there's music going our main female character is there against her will <laughs> i don't know her mom wanted her to go but so she took her book with her and sat down to read her book <laughs> and then our male hero character is also there Mm-hmm. And instead of practicing not, basketball, which he would like to do, yes, <laughs> practicing basketball instead of skiing and snowboarding, like they came up to this snowy area to do. Yeah, naturally. Um, and then they get roped into singing karaoke together, and they're both super reluctant 
except that it seems like they're like fakely re- reluctant and then yeah. they sing together and it's this amazing experience and they swap phone numbers <laughs> and they go their separate ways mm-hmm. uh, my uh Man, I've got so many notes on how I was feeling when I watched this. My next <laughs> note just says that the uh, the character introduction is just making me cringe. Um, it, um, and then they start singing, and my next note just says, What am I watching? And there's about eight exclamation marks. You're watching a musical, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I should say, just to put all my cards on the table, that I hate musicals for some reason. Mm. You know, if I want to watch music, I don't mind music videos, and I I love movies, but I don't like them together. <laughs> I hate I hate stopping the story to do a music video and then go back to the story. And and I I completely agree with you, and I think that that is a hallmark of musicals that are not well refined. Um, mm. Because ideally, in a good musical, <clears throat> I and I'm I'm going off of memory here it's been a while since I cared um, but the idea is you have two different types of musical numbers in a musical you have uh, numbers that are important to the plot and that they advance the story so you start mm-hmm. with the plot at, at point A you have a musical number and then that takes you from A to B where you resume the plot from there and then you also have numbers that are purely there to develop a character or explain an emotion that a character is feeling in the moment which do not advance the story but they're not, you know, invalid because of that, obviously. They, they're they important for character growth. <clears throat> and uh, this movie does not always nail that, let's say. Hmm, okay. I, you know, I can't say that I've really noticed their, the need for music in any of the musicals I've seen, so... Mm. Maybe I've just seen bad musicals? Maybe you've I just don't know. seen bad musicals. Although I did start watching, maybe I shouldn't say this because people will murder me, but I did start watching Les Miserables and uh, mm. couldn't get into it because uh, I just wanted to hear the story. I didn't want to listen to everybody singing all the time. And that's supposed to be one of the best. So It is a, it is a very good musical. All right, so we've got our two <laughs> high school heroes here, or our movie, heroes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um my next note is her voice is so high. It's unnaturally high. She's like, you know, she's supposed to be like 15, 16, but she sounds like a six-year-old. Yeah, it is It is real high. <laughs> There's, I don't know, that's just a a thing in, what do you call this, pop music or bop? Or what What do you call the, the, like uh, the, the style <laughs> of music throughout this movie? Um, I'm not sure what you would call it. Pop is probably not wrong. Hmm. There's just um, it seems to be a thing in this type of music where everybody's voices are pitched way up. Yeah, yeah, that's Almost definitely a thing. Sounding electronically, but and I and I thought they did that just for the song, and I thought that sounded kind of weird. And I was waiting to hear her talk, but then she started talking, and her voice is just like that when she talks. And <laughs> I don't think that's her natural voice, and it is not uh, not fun to listen to. She does. Uh, um, I have a high register to her voice. And, hey, if your voice is naturally that way, whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think her voice was naturally that way. No. Um, we cut then to a school in, was it Albuquerque, New Mexico? I believe that is the case, yes. All right. And um, it's supposed to be January. I was looking on IMDb at some of the goofs 
and it talks about how this was shot supposed to be taking place in January but yet there's green grass and stuff and apparently that's not uh, correct for Albuquerque that time of year mm. anyway um, we find out that both of them ended up back at the same school because apparently she moved from somewhere yeah and they ended up in the same I don't know was some kind of art class or what it was uh, it's just a homeroom, I believe. Um, okay. so it's like, it's like a glorified study hall. Okay. Um, here's a, <laughs> here's an area that may actually show some of my, uh, my ignorance because, uh, I was homeschooled all the way through high school, so I don't necessarily have all of these high school and public school experiences, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you'll have to kind of fill me in on some of these things. I did like this teacher. Oh, um, yeah. She's entertaining for sure. She... She starts cracking down on cell phones right away and taking cell phones away and sending everybody to detention within the first three <laughs> minutes of the class starting. So I, li- I liked her. Um, good, good on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, but I, anyway, I found it rather improbable that they ended up at the same school. And um, he texts her. That's how he recognizes that it's her for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then causes problems. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, I believe the explanation given is that our female lead's parents like had to move for business, and so now she's at a different school um, that just happens to be the one that this other guy goes to, even though they, they were both on vacation in the same place, and now they're both in the same school sort of situation. Mm. Yeah. Um, next scene, I believe, is the where he goes to play basketball, which turns into a whole another dance musical number, <laughs> musical routine. Yep. Yep. Um, my next note just says a musical basketball game. I, uh, I hate his voice. I hate this. I hate her voice and personality. <laughs> she again, her voice is so high, and she just seems so fake you know the Um, musical basketball number i thought was actually pretty good i think it was choreographed well yeah it's very it's very fun to watch i think all of the musical parts were choreographed well but again it's just like it's it's just a music video breaking into our story (laughs) i'd rather the story just continue and and this was a example of uh a musical bit that just explains his uh feelings and i don't think it actually pushes the story forward not really no it it describes his character um was this before or after they had been the idea of them joining the musical had been broached um just after uh because they have a bit where they both see the sign-up sheet for the musical um and i think that they both vaguely consider joining the musical because they're like hey it turns out i'm kind of good at singing and also i think this other person is cute and they might join the musical (laughs) Yeah, neither of them wanted to join the music, though. They were just joining because the other might. I mean, um, I, th- I don't know if that's entirely true. I think that they both, like... Well, uh, you're right. I think yeah. they both secretly wanted to. Yeah. But they weren't wi- They weren't willing to accept that they wanted to be with this other person. Yeah, it's, um, the, the motivations are a little bit, you know, goofy. Uh, next comes tryouts the musical mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from the teacher as we see all of these very very uh, very awful 
singing attempts by some of the students. Uh, the teacher <laughs> says, Syndra, what courage to reach for a note that never was never accessed in the natural world. You know, so I watched part of this movie with my wife, who is even more of a theater nerd than I am and currently teaches English, so, yeah. Mm. Um, and she was deeply offended by this line, saying that apparently in this universe, opera does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of wondered about that because she wasn't actually going that high. Yeah, right. Like it's it's per- it's perfectly reasonable note that she's reaching for, and actually yeah. doing a pretty good job of hitting. Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> I, anyway, I thought it was a, I thought it was a funny quote. Yeah, it is a very um, funny quote. Um, and then my next note: I hate musicals. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, Cody, the two of us need to go see a musical live. It'll just be really oh. funny. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe not. You know, I've it, been in it, several it... musicals. Yeah? Yeah. How was it from that side of things? It's a lot of fun. Uh, the singing was not my mm. favorite part. I'm not super good at it, but it's, mm. it, you know, it's, it's still entertaining. Yeah? Yeah. Well, like I said, I like music videos or dance videos by themselves. I love movies by themselves, but I just don't like them together. Now, see, I would I would like to make the argument that a musical movie is different from a live musical. I think I I agree mm. with you to a good uh, to a significant extent on musical movies. I don't typically love them, um, but musicals yeah. as a genre are are you know beyond just movie adaptations. Okay. Well, I could definitely see a live show could be very much different than watching a movie. Mm. In fact, we're, we're going to return to that that sort of point later when I give you my my wrap up on how I feel about this movie. But anyway, okay. So yeah, um, we have we have the tryouts. Um, it's mostly just let's point and laugh at these people who are really bad at singing. Uh, yeah, I thought the, the teacher was actually unnecessarily mean there, but her quote was funny. Um, and then we see this the ostensible antagonists of this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my notes is uh the antagonists weren't actually all that bad or all that mean. Yeah, so um and and this is another thing that I'd like to bring up now so that we can look at it throughout the rest of our our review. Um the antagonists with a few exceptions, never actually do anything that's that mean. No. Like, basically in this scene is the only time that they do something truly horrible, which is Mm. uh, when she yells at the composer. But even Mm -hmm. then, because of how they wrote the movie, like, outside of the fourth wall, the song that she is performing is actually written to go with the more up-tempo version that the antagonists play, which is supposed to be, like, the wrong one. Um, so it actually sounds better than than the way that the composer is has supposedly composed it, because it sounds, mm. like, weirdly slowed down and out of, like, rhythm. So the people who made this movie goofed and should have done that backwards, and then what he's doing and yelling at the composer would actually make sense. Mm. Anyway, this is a whole diatribe. It basically comes down to they didn't make the antagonists mean enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the antagonists are a brother and sister duo who have been in the stars of basically every play that the school has put on since they've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she said 17 plays or something she's been the star of. Yeah, just a ridiculous amount, which actually sounds about right for a 
a high school like theater troupe. <laughs> um, and she. It's basically a given that the two of them are going to have the lead spot. Mm-hmm. And then our two heroes um, accidentally end up trying out. Yeah. <laughs> the both of them decide they're not going to, and then they go up and are nice to the composer who plays the music, and then they sing, and then the teacher gives them a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, after just preaching to them about how they needed to be on time and all that stuff. Yeah, and then she has a big rant about it later, about needing to be on time. Mm-hmm. The te- teacher's mm-hmm. very inconsistent. Yes, she is. Although I do like her uh, her standard of having to be on time, well, except that she doesn't actually stick to it. But anyway. Yeah, uh, but, um, you know, uh, high school drama teachers often very uh, inconsistent people anyway, so. Mm, okay. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. <laughs> um, so our antagonists, or at least the the sister half, I can't, I can't remember names, man. Yeah, um, I honestly <laughs> I don't know and if I try to look it up my internet's going to have a heart attack. So <laughs> we're we're going to call her mean girl. <laughs> yeah, man, I I can't remember. I can never remember names. I think her brother's name is Ryan. Sure. <laughs> um anyway, she's upset that they're even going to get a chance to try out and so then in the cafeteria she sets in motion the next musical number. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's something like Stick with the Status Quo. Yeah, it's it's basically and, a whole musical number about how you can only have one hobby, and if you have more than that, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which makes yeah, and no sense. Everybody, well, you know, they've got their little cliques. they got the skater dudes, they got the mm-hmm. jocks, they got, uh, I don't remember all the other groups. Um, yeah. So I thought the message of the song, which is, you know, you can't actually try new things, I was actually pretty good. And this was the one that stood out to me as being my favorite, I suppose. It is, um, it does, like, portray its intended message really well. They had uh, a pretty good dance scene in the cafeteria, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of fun. Choreography's good. Um, it really bothered me. The one guy, he was supposed to be a, a skater dude, and then he admits that he plays the cello. Mm-hmm. And then in one scene, he actually has his cello, and he starts <laughs> playing it, except that the audio over top of what he's playing is actually an electric guitar. Wow. And that just that's, stood out to me as... Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it was, it was it was pretty awful. Like, just put a cello in there, <laughs> or do a different bit from the guitar so you can tell it's not supposed to be him playing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't anyway. notice that, but I believe you. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, the next note uh, says Sharpay. That's our that's our mean oh, girl. Oh, okay. Sharpay. Um, Boy, that sounds like a. Never mind. I like a sharpie. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Her next. Uh, I just wrote down the quote, and I can't even remember what she said it for. She said, "I'd rather stick pins in my eyes," and this is. <laughs> Uh, this my note is just that this is what the audience is thinking while they're watching this movie. Oh, I did get a rather uh, unnerving text review in the middle of the week. Just like I want to stab <laughs> myself in the face. Yes, that's exactly how I felt halfway through this movie. Oh, oh it was, man, it was pretty, pretty awful, man. There, I mean, there were a couple of redeeming qualities, but. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's um, um, one of the jocks is asking her to go on a date with him. 
And she says she'd rather stick pins in her eyes. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, and he doesn't even get it. He'd be like, well, why? That would be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty oh, funny. That, that actually was pretty funny. Oh, um, So then we're introduced to our main character's dad, who is also the basketball coach. And just contended, or contestant for worst dad of the year. Well, yeah, but then also he's not actually, like, there's just a little bit of poor communication here and, like, pushing his son to do basketball. Well, yeah, and then later he gets, like, they just throw in, like, a 30-second scene that's supposed to be a character redemption for him, and it's like, I'm sorry, dude, you kind of, it's a a little late for that. And the thing is... Uh, you know, you and I both love this trope in movies of miscommunication, and I think that's oh, really yeah. all it was. I mean, he wasn't happy that his son was getting distracted by this girl rather than playing basketball, and there was a, a really small back and forth, and then that was the end of it. He was just mm-hmm. disappointed in his son. But, like, if they had actually sat down and had a conversation about it, it really wouldn't have been a big deal. And he seems like a pretty reasonable guy uh, from the little bit we see him in the movie. So Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that the the issue here is not of poor character writing, just poor character explanation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The next part <laughs> is where the friends all get together, and because these two are falling for each other, and they're also starting to get into the musical thing, and they're getting distracted from the things that they like to do. Uh, mm-hmm. She is on. I don't even remember what it was called. The Smart People's Club. Uh, that would be Academic uh, Decathlon. Uh, that's right. Uh, and then he's, of course, got his basketball thing, and their their respective friends in those groups think that they're getting too distracted and not focusing on that thing. Mm-hmm. And so they stage a whole thing to break the two of them up, <laughs> which is just terrible. These people are awful. They're all awful. I think these people are worse than the actual antagonists of the film. I, I would agree. Honestly, the antagonists are the ones that want to break them up and not get have them in the play, but their supposed friends are the ones that actually ruin uh, everything for them. Yep, yep. So the the antagonists don't actually have to do anything like mm-hmm. like we said anything all that bad. Well, and and I don't know if that's for like they're just uh. bad at being bad or what, but <laughs> it is a little confusing that we see these people who are supposed to be their friends just being horrible yeah well i think it's just that they were the the friends were, were written poorly mm-hmm. and not allowed to be as bad as they could have been maybe yeah that's probably it uh so then the girl starts singing another tune as she walks down the hallway oh of yes of course the empty school hallway where she can belt out this musical number uh-huh. I did notice the hallway was suspiciously empty in the middle of the day. And this is a um, this is this is a musical trope where you'll have a character sometimes just in the middle of a conversation or in a group of people who will sing an aside where it is mm. just between them and the audience. Um Yep. Which is at least kind of shown in the movie like we see it transition just in like one sweeping shot from like empty hallway to back to like reality for lack of a better word yeah um actually mm-hmm. i don't hate it it's a, the only issue i have with this song is it i don't know if either either it is lip-synced 
or it, they didn't do a good job of making it not look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this, this was exactly my note. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Based on my watching of the behind the scenes, I am led to believe that all of the actors actually recorded this music beforehand. Yeah. So it's actually them singing. I would believe that. Um, but, yeah, the lip syncing was absolutely awful because obviously they, they, they didn't capture the audio from that hallway. No. That would have been terrible. Um, but, yeah, she looks like she's just lip syncing and she's not putting any effort into the song at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and her voice all of a sudden is deeper. Yeah. It's not high and annoying. It just, it, it sounds so different than what we got, we've gotten used to with her character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good song though. And you know, I don't even remember what the song was about. I just remember those aspects being distracting. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It, the, the music overall, and like, I am the least qualified person to comment on the music of this movie as far as whether or not it's good it is kind of catchy and like not mm. horrible to listen to so yeah the cafeteria song um, yeah status quo song that one kind of sticks in my head yep um but as far as being least qualified i mean we we're certainly not qualified to review movies but we're doing that anyway <laughs> well so. that's true but i don't i don't even like know where to begin with like music reviewing so mm. Yeah, I you know I just I just stick with how it hits me at first because mm. in the end we are the audience and that's true. Hopefully like, we can articulate. It's like how the customer how, is always right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The audience is always right. <laughs> See the thing I was thinking about that like maybe there is something deeper in like the art and stuff like that, but mm. if your your intended audience can't pick up on that, what's the point? That's a that's a really good point. Um, yeah. I mean, you can sit around and be all, like, pretentious about how arty your thing is, but in the end, you're creating it for a specific audience. And if you're creating it for other artistic folks who will get the stuff, great. But this movie was put out for the general audience. So, anyway, mm-hmm. that's just maybe more just applying to art in general, but applies a little bit here. Um... And then all of a sudden, everybody learns their lessons, uh, and the friend groups go to each of our two heroes and explain to them how they've learned their lesson, uh-huh. and how they should try out new stuff, and just completely tell you exactly what they've learned, Yep. rather than uh, having any form of subtlety at all. Yeah, we very quickly bring the movie straight to a resolution uh, after this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then Troy had said some not very nice things accidentally while his friends were trying to separate the two of them. Yeah, sort of taken out of context. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So he goes to... uh, I have written down here his his name is Troy, apparently. Yes. (laughs) Um, So he goes to her house. Mm -hmm. I still can't remember her name. We have Um, a nice little Romeo and Juliet analog scene here. Ah. you know, I I'm not actually that familiar with Romeo and Juliet. I know the the whole double suicide thing, but that's <laughs> all I know about that story, really. Um, oh boy, I, I guess I'm just uncultured. Um, so I, my point is, I can't really comment more on that. Ah, uh, okay. Well, basically, the, what I'm alluding to here is that the famous scene 
is uh, Romeo outside of Juliet's balcony, you know, and they have a little conversation oh, and whatnot. I see. He goes and, and talks to her mom, and she says that our girl hero doesn't want to come down mm-hmm. and talk to him or because she's busy with homework, and so he just goes uh, and sends her a text, which, mm-hmm. good on him for going to talk to her in person rather than just sending her a text uh, right yeah. out the gate. Yeah. Um, although that a simple text at the beginning could have probably avoided a whole lot of drama. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Um, and then, like, a real creep, he climbs up onto her balcony. He and sure does. Her window. <laughs> and she's like, oh, how romantic of you to come here. And <laughs> uh, Don't climb onto people's balconies if they're, uh, if they're not expecting you. Yeah, don't, um, don't, be that, don't be that guy. And then uh, the dad, dad character figures it out. Uh, and they have that little 30-second scene that you alluded to about where he's like, well, hey, if you want to join the musical, go for it. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I mean, I guess, good dad, but come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and then, then the really sinister plot that the our two baddies cooked up uh, comes into play. Uh-huh. Um, because it looks like our two heroes might actually get the spot on the musical. And so... They very deviously talk to the art teacher and get her to reschedule the play so that it happens during the uh, basketball game and the... Um, and I guess it was a pretty significant basketball game. I can't even remember it's, which It's like it was. the championship game, which I have no idea That's how right. there's a championship basketball game happening right after they get back from break. But whatever. Yep. <laughs> um, and then at the same time is the, what did you call it, the decathlon? Yeah, the academic decathlon, which is where, and this is a this is a public school thing. Um, first of all, this would have to be a really big school, which it seems that it is, because in a smaller school, the story could never take place, because half the people on the basketball team would also be in academic decathlon, and all the people in academic decathlon would also be in the play, and they'd never schedule <laughs> these events at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems like... We're planning in the first place because if parents want to go, if they got a kid in one and well, one right. the other, and, and so like I can maybe believe that the decathlon and the basketball game are happening at the same time. Probably not because first of all, I've been in academic sport like events like this. They never happen in the evening when basketball games happen. It's like right mm-hmm. after school or during school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tryouts. The callbacks that are that they're doing are happening for some reason late in the evening during a basketball game. When we saw earlier in the movie, they did the tryouts during the lunch break. So there's mm. no reason why these schedules have to conflict. And, yeah, maybe the drama teacher is doing it on purpose, but it's a really simple, like, bring that to the administration and just say, hey, um, I would like to do both of these things. Can, yep. can I can I just try out earlier? <laughs> like, yep. it's, it's just not a problem, and they're trying to make it a problem. Well, and we see that there's a little bit of conflict between the the play director, teacher lady, yeah. and the, the basketball coach guy. Yeah, sure, but, um, like, go to the principal first... and just get them to work it out. Well, she at first <laughs> thinks that... Um, his son is trying out just to ruin the play, mm-hmm. but then I think quickly realizes that he actually intends to be in this play and put his whole heart into it. Yeah. Um, so I think that if our 
two heroes had just gone to her and said, hey, the reason they want you to reschedule this is because they don't want us in the play, she would have just... Well, I don't know why she didn't see that of her own accord, but right. she would have seen that if they had told her, and she probably would have just rescheduled it again so that everything worked. Yeah. Without it's... having to go to the administration at the school. Like I said, it's it's a non-issue, but whatever. Just, yeah, again, uh, communication, people. Plot has to happen, so there's a conflict. Um, and the, But then the conflict so. is resolved like that by some kids just, like, causing acts of terror in the school. Yeah, hacking into the electronics during this, the, the, the basketball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just... I don't know, what did they do? Just create some stinky compound that yeah. boiled over during the decathlon stuff? I mean, you know, no big. They just they just set off a chemical weapon in the academic decathlon. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, so, like, the, my note here is uh, the scoreboard stopped working, and so then they have to evacuate. everybody has to evacuate <laughs> the gym? Okay. So then... All of the students flock to the theater. Yeah. Well, I think that was arranged beforehand. We just don't get to see yeah. that happen. Yeah, apparently they were all on the side of these two. Well, of course. So the only two not in the loop were the, the antagonists. Somehow, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, and then they have to sing their little bit. They're too late, of course, again. And mm-hmm. again, the teacher is inconsistent. And they sing their little bit, um, even though... She's hesitant to in front of all these people. Yeah, we have we have this set up really early on about how she has stage fright, and that's why she's never sung in front of people. And then we never address it for the whole movie until the final scene where it just isn't a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a problem for about twenty seconds. Well, and yeah, he okay. starts singing, and then she starts singing it. Some magical number. I mean, now, I guess to be fair, um, thirty seconds is about how long most problems last in this movie. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and most of them are, are actually non-issues. If well, they'd yeah. Just deal with them. Anyway, um, there's two types of music in a movie, and I know one of them is diegetic music, which is internal, which is basically everything in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then the other type, I can't remember the name of, uh, but if I could, just trust me, I would sound really smart. Um, it is just the music, basically it's just the score and things that only the audience can hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this movie, the musical pieces, the characters are singing them and can therefore hear them, so it's taking place in that physical space that the characters are in. Uh-huh. But all this was reco- all this music was recorded in a nice studio, um, uh-huh. and so there's no reverb or anything. So it always takes me out of the movie just a little bit, or I should say at least a couple of these take me out of the movie a little bit because the you can hear the characters talking, and there's that like that room sound, that little bit of reverb that makes it sound natural. Yeah. And then they go into their song, and then all of a sudden that's completely gone. Yep. The all of the music feels like a little too polished for yep. the settings that it's in. Yeah, and and yet they were trying to sell music. They were trying to sell the uh, the soundtrack after the fact, which yeah. I'm sure, sure they did. Um. So you want to hear the exact song you're going to get on the CD, but. It takes you out of the story. It does. It does. Oh, so they sing. And they get their part. 
and then they go back and they play their basketball game and surprise surprise they won yep um and then and the academic um, decathlon won even yep. though we don't even like we at least get to see like a couple scenes at the end of like the basketball game winning nobody apparently cares about the academic decathlon <laughs> nah um and uh i i was reading in some of the imdb about some of the goofs is that uh, the equations that uh, they're writing or at least that she's writing on the whiteboard uh, are incorrect they're just complete gibberish yeah so they didn't want to actually try to make up anything smart for that scene no um and then all of a sudden our mean girl is nice and she's just like comes up and genuinely congratulates them on the spot yep and um my next note here just says everyone is so nice to each other Mm-hmm. I would love to go this to this school. Everybody's just nice to each other. Yeah, it seems like a great even, place to be. Even the baddies. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so that's a really good way to lead into how I felt about this movie. This movie, High School Musical, would have made an excellent high school musical. Mm. But it is a mediocre movie. <laughs> yeah. Like the well, plot I, is actually like I would totally watch like I would perform this as a high school musical because mm. all the character and like it just has those hallmarks of a stage production like all the characters are very one note and they're all dialed up mm. to 11 on whatever their personality trait is like they're all there's no subtlety because yeah in a stage production because of the distance from the action and the sort of shorter nature of the medium like there's there's less room for subtlety you have to be very like obvious about your characterization yeah not you know completely unlike a movie and then like if you've got these big song numbers that would be better if they were performed live you've got this plot that is very simple and basically only there to guide you between the music numbers like it would make a perfectly serviceable actual live musical (laughs) yeah i agree um and then my next note just says that the end song is very on the nose. I don't mm-hmm. even remember what the song was, but I'm sure it was all about how they learn their lessons and try new stuff. I think it's called We're All In This Together. Ah. Yeah. And yes, le- and, that sounds familiar. And then I forgot the last bit. The, the, the ending is very, like, musical-esque. You know, it's just everything is resolved and it's happy. It, that's, that's not mm-hmm. how all musicals end but it is definitely a subset of them where it's just like, okay, we had all of these threads and now we're just going to resolve all of them because it's over and everything's mm. happy. Like, mm. <laughs> yep. And, um, anybody who didn't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, gets one. Yeah. They are, they are scene. assigned one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like, the choreographed, or I just like in general choreographed dancing, where there's lots of people all working together on the same thing. Yeah, I just love the effort that had to go into that. So, mm-hmm. I did like that about this movie. Oh yeah, like um, the music numbers are are very like technically proficient. Yeah, and I watched the behind the scenes, and they, they did quite a bit of practice to try to get all that stuff correct. Oh, so. you would have had to. Like, good on them for that, I guess. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, so besides wanting to stab myself in the face for most of the movie, um, <laughs> I guess that was a redeeming quality. Yeah. Not a whole lot more to say about it. <laughs> no, I, you know, if it were just a movie, I would say that it's not very good. Like, the characters are really one note, the motivations are 
either boring or unclear, and the villains aren't real good villains, and the the hero's friends are kind of terrible people, but if you look at it as a musical, which it's in the title, I think it's pretty good. I think it's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, it it did say at the beginning it was created for the Disney Movie Channel, I think. So yeah. That explains some things. You know, um, there are a whole there's a whole series of these. High School Musical or just these types of movies? No, of of High School Musical. I think there's at least three. Mm. Oh, I knew there were at least two. I don't think we need to delve into those. I, I don't think two. so either. <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite character? Oh, who was my favorite character? My favorite character is Troy's basketball friend with curly hair. Mm. He is a terrible person. Um, yeah. And he exists mostly to drive the plot along, but he just strikes me as a quintessential part of a musical. He's there as the friend who is purely there to enforce the status quo and you can tell that like to the detriment mm. of his character he has to be sort of the voice of the problem like we mm. have we have human antagonists who exist as like a person we can look at and go they're the bad guy but then there's also this sort of nebulous concept that is the problem which is like this societal expectation they both have like Troy has to play basketball and whatever her name is has to join the academic decathlon but mm-hmm. And so he sort of exists as that person who represents that, but only sort of partway. I don't know. I, I can't explain exactly how I feel. I just enjoyed him as a character. I think he served the plot really well. And he's also, on occasion, very funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chad, I think, was his name. Mm. And <laughs> I can remember his name, but nobody else's. Yeah, of course um, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know, I think he was, as a friend, he was a pretty good friend. He was there to encourage his, his yeah. friend in the basketball thing. But then he was a terrible, terrible person when it came to him being, like, the main person that broke the two of them up and mm-hmm. started to destroy their relationship, so. But, you know, the whole time, his character maintains this consistency of he's do- what, it, what he does, he's doing because he believes it's best for his friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I actually had him written down as my favorite, but I changed it. Oh, yeah? At the last second. Um, I think that the mean boy, Ryan, I mm. think he was, he made me laugh a couple of times. And then when I saw, like, little interviews with him in the behind the scenes, uh-huh. talking about, like, what his character is doing, uh, there's just, he's just, he seems like a really nice guy mm. who is just there backing up his sister. He is really and entertaining, too. But yeah, I, I goes, agree. <laughs> he goes along with whatever she wants to do, and he's just kind of just there. He's, he's just, just a good dude. Idiot. Yeah. And, and he's, I don't know, he's just funny. He made me laugh a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think he's my favorite. Uh, what was your favorite scene? Um, or you hmm. could say musical number, whichever one you want to pick. Hmm. See, here I struggle, because I've been talking about how this isn't really that bad of a movie, but I can't think of one individual scene that I actually enjoy. There's nothing really <sighs> impressive. It's just all taking place in a high school. Yeah. Um, let me let me think about that for just a moment. I should mention that uh, an honorable mention for favorite character has got to go to the drama teacher. Um, mm, yep. Even though she occasionally behaves in ways that don't make any sense so that the plot can happen. 
Uh, she is consistently very entertaining and sort of yeah. reminds me of my middle school drama teacher. Um, All right. So she's fun. I like her. Uh, I think well, just... while you're thinking about that. Yeah, go ahead. You, you, you tell me what favorite. your favorite scene is. Um... <clears throat> It's got to be the uh, the status quo song, the cafeteria dance scene. Mm. I think that's probably the one with the most number of people, and it takes place in a cafeteria, so they're kind of constrained to uh, all these tables and things around, which they make good use of in the song. Mm-hmm. And it's the song that sticks in my head the most. And <coughs> excuse me. I think that the message of the song is a good one. Just, you know, try new things. Um, mm-hmm if not uh, a little bit on the nose, but I guess that's what songs are supposed to do in these sorts of movies. Well, and, you know, it's it's not a... It, it's not a kid's movie, but it's definitely not an adult movie either. It's it's kind of in the middle there, so sometimes I would it's definitely a say obvious. it's very G-rated, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a Disney Channel original, so... Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think that my favorite scene... I think the most impressive choreography in any of the dance numbers is the basketball one. Mm. Um, I just thought it was visually very impressive. Um, I don't know. I yeah, think my favorite cause... scene is just the the resolution series where it's just like all of these things that don't make any sense and they all work and everything <laughs> like just resolves within moments and it's just kind of fun to watch. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, not because um, it's good, just because it's there. <laughs> hmm. Uh, back to the basketball scene. That one is good because not only do they have their dance moves, but they also have basketballs that they're throwing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and using as, a, a, like, work, a percussion so. instrument almost. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a fun one. Um, any closing notes on the movie? That's about it. I, I can see why this was popular. Uh, I can also see why I like I feel justified in not watching it when it came out. Like I, yep. I would not have been interested in this even in the slightest when it was nope. when it was out. Gosh, I don't want to think about how long ago that was. I feel old. Um, yep. But uh, basically, after watching this movie, I just want to do theater productions again. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to get into theater, but just never had a good opportunity to. Uh, well, if any of our listeners out there have an opportunity, <clears throat> if you're still in high school, absolutely join high school drama. It's super fun. And if not, there are always community theaters around. Do a little bit of research. Doesn't matter what age you are. Doesn't matter if you have basically no talent whatsoever. You can develop it. That's what community theater is for. It's a really fun experience. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening, and I'm sure we will have another stellar movie to talk about next time. Oh, absolutely.